Hey everyone, it's PJ here, and this is the final of our daily podcast, uh, daily podcast number 40. And I, what I want to do is uh, take a brief moment and revisit uh, one more of our Sunday School topics from uh, back when we covered various emotions. And I want to revisit with you um, the topic of loving difficult people, loving difficult people. And I want to just open with with this passage, just to kind of set the scene here and remind us of why this really matters to begin with. And the passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm just going to read the first three verses here. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. I think this passage is important for a lot of reasons, but um, I think during our Christian lives, um, there are times when we get hit with certain desires to grow in certain aspects of our character and in our knowledge as well. And these are all very good desires. These are, I would even say, God-given desires. We should grow in our understanding of Scripture. We should grow in our character. We should grow... Um, in our knowledge of the scriptures. But God's word is very clear that above all things, we are to focus on love. Because if we don't have love, we might as well lose it all. Um, It's all meaningless uh, without love. And it all goes back to the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think I notice in my own life how often I can take my focus off of that. And I think my the temptation for me personally is really in verse 2. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. I think as a teacher, as a teaching elder, as a pastor... Uh, that's oftentimes my desire is to have uh, the gift of understanding the mysteries in the scriptures. And, and also the thing in verse 1, to speak in the tongues of men and of angels. Right? To, to speak eloquently so that I can deliver the message well. Um, so for some other people, I think the, the draw could be in verse 3, giving all, away all I have, deliver up my body to be burned. Right, uh, to be missional, to be sacrificial, passionate for, for the Lord, um, living radically. But if we don't have love, notice it says here, if we don't have love, it says, I am nothing. And it says, I gain nothing. And that just, I think, really puts into perspective where our focus really, really needs to be. 
before we try to decipher the, the mysteries of the Bible, uh, speak in a persuasive and engaging way to others about the Bible, we have to have love. We have to have love. We have to have love for God and we have to love have love for one another. That's the premise of it, and I want to just touch on some of the perhaps more practical aspects of loving difficult people uh, that we addressed in our Sunday school class. Uh, I, I like to bring up this example because it's, it's a very helpful one, I think. Um, uh, think of a postcard. Think of a postcard that you get from um, a friend in a very well-known tourist city, like Paris, let's say. And when you look at the picture, you see... Um, all the attractive uh, sights and, and the Eiffel Tower and all that. And, you know, it's, it's romantic and it's a place you would like to visit one day. But uh, that might be very different from talking to someone who's actually lived in Paris. And I have spoken with someone who visited Paris and from, from uh, her description, Paris wasn't all that great of a place, uh, at least in her experience. Um, it actually evoked certain negative feelings, uh, given how crowded it was, given um, certain places were not kept clean and things like that. And what this shows you is, of course, that um, the person who's lived there, who, the person who's um, experienced it up close and personal, and not just observing from a distance or a very you know, uh, photogenic uh, capture of the city, um, for that person... Um, there, there's bound to be certain negative things that uh, come up, and um, and that's you know in a sense to their credit because that means they've really experienced it. They weren't just looking at a photo; they were really there. And and there's something really true and relevant about this to our personal relationships. What does it mean when you start feeling negative feelings about a human being? It means you are actually experiencing that person in a real and up-close and personal way. You're not just uh, observing the person from a distance, you're actually in that person's life, and that person's in your life. Right? You're, you're relationally connected to that person. And that really, if you think about it, is a good thing, isn't it? Um, that you're engaging the person for who they are and not simply observing them from a distance. And so the, the counselor, uh, Winston Smith, says emotions therefore take us from knowing about to really knowing the person. Just knowing about a person to knowing the person. Um, how do you know you're really getting to know someone? You're going to feel emotions, and a lot of times negative emotions as much as uh, positive emotions. But that means you're not in a shallow relationship. You're in a real one. Right? And so in a sense, it's normal to feel all these things. And God, of course, exemplifies this for us. Um, he doesn't want a shallow relationship with us. He wants a personal and intimate relationship with us. And therefore, uh, He speaks words of love. He speaks words of comfort. And he also speaks words of discipline and rebuke. Because His, his relationship to us is not shallow. Uh, it was to a point where He even carried a cross um, in order to draw near to us. He understood the costliness of loving difficult people. And that's why we are who we are. It's because God was willing to pay the price 
to stay in this relationship with us. He was willing to carry the weight of loving difficult people. The weight of forgiving sinners. And he says to his followers, if you're going to be my people, I mean, he doesn't say much, right? Uh, if anyone will follow after me, Jesus said, they must deny themselves, carry their cross, and follow me. He didn't say you have to be Presbyterian or Baptist or charismatic, Pentecostal. Um, he said you have to deny yourself and carry your cross. And of course, it matters where you are in your church uh, because the outworking of that, right? what it looks like to carry your cross, what, how a church will uh, encourage you to uh, live in obedience to Christ, right? All of that matters. But um, my point is that sometimes our focus can be taken off of that very central thing of loving God uh, to the point of self-denial, loving others to the point of self-denial. I wonder if we remember this as often as we should, that being born again, being a follower of Jesus means this, that we die to ourselves and we join in on God's mission to love difficult people. And more importantly, maybe, you know, do you know that you actually need this to experience what true love really is? Deep, intimate love. Not the shallow kind, but the true, intimate, personal kind of love. Um, you need this kind of vulnerability and openness to suffering. Suffering. Uh, C.S. Lewis put it like this, To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Lock it safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, it will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. It's like when my kids get a fever, uh, my immediate instinct right, is to give them med right, so the fever would go down. But uh, my much more educated wife will remind me, um, fever means their immune system is working. They're fighting it. Right? So we need to leave it alone at least for a while right? because it's a good thing. Right? The body's going to work. Let it do its work. I think sometimes when you feel negative feelings in a relationship and you find someone very difficult to love, I would say that's your heart going to work. That's your heart functioning. You're an actual human being involved in another human being's life, and what you're realizing is uh, you need God to boost your immune system. You need God to uh, increase your strength and, uh, and ability to love. But what if you wanted to avoid all suffering, right? If you wanted to avoid all heartbreak, avoid every instance of negative, negative feeling, you will never know what love is. You will never grow in your capacity to love. You will never mature into the image of Christ. True love is carrying the cross. And, and loving well means carrying the cross well. You know what's interesting? Um, this understanding of suffering being part of true love is something that even our culture is starting to pick up on. By non-Christians even. Um, it's a biblical principle that's being picked up by secular culture, and that happens a lot. Um, and, and one really good example of this is the New York Times article a couple years ago that, that came out titled, Why You Will Marry the Wrong Person. 
um, very catchy title. And it's actually written by an atheist philosopher, someone who doesn't even believe that God exists, much less the Bible. But you know what he says in that article? He says, what modern marriages need today is more of the Christian doctrine of sin. Why? Because modern folks have bought so much into the fairy tale story of the happily ever after to the point of putting all kinds of false expectations on marriage and their marriage partner. And because of this unrealistically high expectation, they're so quickly disappointed when they find out how difficult it is to love their spouse. And oftentimes they just choose to end it. You know, they say, I didn't sign up for this kind of suffering. But the, the author says, what if we went in with more of the Christian expectation that we will marry a sinner? <laughs> That's what he means by marrying a wrong person, that we will marry a sinner. If we go in with that assumption, then he says you'll be more prepared for reality and you won't be so easily disappointed. You'll be more protected because you're bracing yourself for the, for the impact of sin. And you'll even be more prepared to show kindness and forgiveness to your spouse. So it's actually beneficial for your marriage to hold to the Christian doctrine of sin. Right? And that's coming from an atheist. How much more should we as Christians remember uh, the brokenness of sin and the prevalence of sin in our own lives and our need for God's grace and His forgiveness and realizing the principle of being forgiven much and therefore loving much, right? Like Jesus said, if you've been forgiven much, you'll love much. And flip side of that, if you, if you don't understand your forgiveness very well, you won't love very well either. But to the degree that we draw close to the forgiveness we have in Christ, we can offer that forgiveness to one another. Our marriage to Christ, therefore, is what enables us to love in our human marriage, earthly marriage, and also in any other kind of human relationship. So let's keep that in mind. Um, loving difficult people is about drawing closer to the love of God, the love of Christ. And the real change that needs to happen, really, it's not in that difficult person per se. It's really in myself. It's in me. I need to realize my forgiveness more. I need to realize how gracious God has been to me more. And that will increase my capacity to love as Jesus loved. Even on the cross, He loved. Even on the cross, He forgave. He looked to the thief next to Him and He forgave him to his last dying breath. So let's think upon him. And that's all I want to close with um, during this season. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult to love, isn't it? Um, it's difficult to love others. It's difficult to love coworkers. It's difficult to love just people in society sometimes in general, right? And uh, maybe for some of you, it's even difficult to love yourself. Look to the love of God. For everyone, look at yourself. Take, take 10 looks at Christ. And as you do that, uh, realize more and more uh, the love of God that saves you, the love of God that, the God that carries you, and let that change you and make you more and more like Him. There's new mercies for you every day. There's a new uh, measure of love God wants to pour on, into your life every single day. So don't give up on Him. He's not giving up on you. Draw near to His love and show this love to others. Make that the aim of your Christian life. Make that the primary concern in your Christian life. Make, make that the number one reason why you study the scriptures. Number one reason why you go to church. Number one reason why you call yourself a Christian. To know the love of God. And to love others as yourself. Stay well, stay healthy, and um, I'll talk to you again soon.